thank you for joining us on this podcast. I'm Alex Rush, an associate in the pensions team, and I'm joined here by Dan Bowman, a consultant in the Stevenson Harbour pensions team. And the aim of this podcast is to explain the impact of the General Data Protection Regulation, also known as the GDPR, on trustees of pension schemes. It's a massive topic, but we've broken it down into around eight key steps for trustees to take action on. But first, Dan, it'd be great if you could give us a bit of a brief background to the GDPR. Yeah, sure. Okay, thanks, Alex. So the GDPR will take effect from 25th of May next year, and what it aims to achieve is consistent data protection law across all EU member states. It will replace the Data Protection Act 1998 in the UK and it will actually make a number of substantial changes to to the UK's existing data protection law. It's probably worth highlighting that the provisions of GDPR are expected to apply in full to the UK both before and after Brexit. Indeed, the government has already laid a data protection bill before Parliament which is designed to meet the UK's GDPR obligations both pre and post Brexit. So moving on now Alex just to think about those critical points in terms of the actual information that the trustees hold can you give us a feel for that and what GDPR means? Absolutely so a key step and I think the first time that trustees are faced with the GDPR and are hearing about the GDPR the first challenge I think is knowing where on earth do I start as a trustee and I think the key starting point is understanding what data you actually hold as a trustee. Now that might seem a straightforward point and trustees may reasonably know what sort of information they hold, but is it actually documented anywhere? Under the GDPR there's a new requirement that means that trustees are going to have to document exactly what documentation they hold and are processing. And if they don't have that document already or if that document's out of date, the trustees are going to need to carry out a data audit to really get to grips with what data they're holding and how that data's flowing. And so the action that trustees need to take is, as part of this audit is to consider what they hold in terms of data, where that data comes from, how and where that data's stored, how long it's retained, who they share it with, the reason it's necessary to process that data, whether it's legitimate to process the data, and consider amongst all those various points whether there's any sort of key risks or any sort of action points that come out of that for the scheme or indeed the scheme's members. This is a really important step as it will inform the other steps that trustees may need to take to comply with the GDPR, which we'll come on to. It's also likely to take some time, and the sooner that trustees engage with this and undertake such an audit, all the better. Now, the next step that's worth highlighting relates to one of the standard documents the scheme should already be using to comply with the current data protection regime, a privacy notice. Dan, could you tell us a bit more about what a privacy notice is and what changes to those notices will need to be made under the GDPR? Sure. Okay. well, trustees will almost certainly already be using privacy notices which provide members with information about the trustees' approach to processing of data and they might also seek uh, consent from the members to to the processing of the data. So thinking here particularly about the sorts of privacy notices that you find in member application forms or member booklets. What the GDPR does is to enhance the requirements around the information that needs to be included in these notices. So going forwards, the notices will need to include things like the reasons for and the legal basis upon which the trustees are processing personal data, uh, how long the data will be held for, 
and members also need to be told about their right to complain to the Information Commissioner's Office, the ICO, if they think there's a problem with the way their data is being processed. And of course, all these privacy notices have to be concise, transparent, intelligible and easily accessible. So in terms of an action point for the trustees, I guess it's quite obvious really the trustees need to review their existing privacy notices and update them in line with the new GDPR requirements. Okay, so obviously that's an area where there's some pretty substantial changes. Another area where we're going to see some significant changes relates to data rights and subject access requests. Yeah, absolutely. So this third step for trustees is to be aware of changes to the existing subject access request regime, also known as SARS, but uh, that sounds more like a virus to me, so I'll stick with subject access request if you don't mind. Presently, an individual can request information from trustees about data they hold in relation to them and also request trustees to stop certain data processing. And that's generally in relation to fairly limited criteria For example, where processing might be causing damage or causing distress to the individual. Those rights are being enhanced now so that essentially members will have a new right to request trustees to stop, potentially delete certain data processing, where the data is not necessary for the trustees to hold, not just because it might be damaging or causing distress. So that's a key change. And the other key thing for trustees to be aware of from a procedural standpoint are the time limits for complying with those requests. Currently, that stands at 40 days, and that's now going to be reduced under the GDPR to one month. So not a major change, but actually every day counts, I think, from a trustee's perspective on those things. And finally, at the moment, there's fairly broad scope for trustees to apply a charge of £10 for each such subject access request. That's going to be significantly more difficult going forward, although there will still be the ability to potentially impose charges or refuse a request where the request is clearly repetitive or potentially malicious. Trustees, as a result of this, are going to need to update their policies and procedures to ensure that they comply with the changes to that particular regime. Now, a fourth step for trustees to take into account is getting to grips with changes to the member consent regime. So, Dan, could you explain a bit about what that is and what's involved? Yeah, under GDPR, consent to the processing of personal data is is generally going to become more difficult. Just as an example, it will now need to be freely given, specific, informed and unambiguous. And there also has to be a positive opt-in, so it's not going to be possible to infer consent from silence, pre-tick boxes, you know, or inactivity. So if trustees currently rely on member consent to process data, then they're going to need to review their existing consents to determine whether they they would be adequate under GDPR. And privacy notices in existing member booklets, they're probably not going to be adequate. Uh, And so it's likely that uh, a new GDPR-compliant consent mechanism would need to be rolled out across the membership, assuming that's the route that the trustees decide to go down. Because it's worth bearing in mind, members will have a right to withdraw consent at any time and you know this could potentially create significant operational issues for pension schemes you know how do you administer a pension scheme in respect of a member who has withdrawn their consent to their data being processed and you know it's because of issues like that and because of the general difficulty with obtaining consent that will exist under GDPR which means you might actually want to look for a different legal basis for processing personal data. Absolutely, and I think that's really the next step for for trustees to have a think about. 
So what basis are they using for processing personal data? And for those reasons that you've just outlined, relying on member consent is, if it's, if it's currently the way that trustees are doing it, it might still be absolutely fine. But they need to be aware of the potential pitfalls uh, and rights that members have. And so I think rightly, as you say, trustees are going to need to have a think about other ways of justifying the processing of data. Now, from the perspective of what we call non-sensitive data, there are some reasonably straightforward bases to apply where, for example, the trustees are processing data to pursue legitimate interests or perhaps compliance with specific legal obligations. And thinking about generally being responsible for the administration and payment of benefits under a pension scheme, I think there are clear scope to tick those particular boxes. But that is something really that trustees need to engage with, with their legal advisors to ensure that they have sufficient grounds, I think, to to carry out the processing and all the various bits of processing that go on within the scheme. It becomes a lot more complicated, potentially, in relation to sensitive personal data. And that's the sort of data that's relating or could be reviewed in such a way that you can determine a person's sexuality, might concern their medical history, for example. Those bits of data are given special protection under the regime, as, as they are today. And the scope for alternatives to express member consent are far more limited. The one slight ray of light for trustees is a potential derogation, what we call a derogation, really an exception under the new data protection bill, which is hopefully going to provide some assistance and easement to trustees in relation to the processing of sensitive personal data without necessarily having to get express member consent. Again, this is something that needs to be looked at carefully with legal advice as appropriate. So in short, if trustees currently rely on member consent, They need to think again about whether that's going to be pragmatic going forward, noting the risks. And where trustees rely on an alternative to consent, they need to consider whether their methods of doing so will comply with the new regime on from the 25th of May. So that's a really important step. Now, a further new step that the GDPR brings into relief is a new accountability principle. What's this principle all about, Dan? Well, what the accountability principle effectively means is that trustees must not only comply with the data protection principles, but they also have to demonstrate how they are complying, what steps they've taken to comply. And there's a a number of steps trustees can undertake to, to help ensure and demonstrate compliance. So, for example, they can keep records of all the data processing activities that are carried out, or at least ensure that their data processors do that. They could introduce or review existing technical and organisational measures which have been introduced for achieving compliance. So existing data protection policies might be reviewed against the GDPR to ensure that they're up to scratch. Trustees are going to need to think about undertaking what are called DPIAs or data protection impact assessments. And these will be required where data processing is likely to result in a high risk to individuals. So perhaps where new technology is being deployed by the scheme administrator. And trustees need to think about whether they should or have to appoint a data protection officer. This is only mandatory for large-scale monitoring or processing of sensitive data, and so it's unlikely to be a requirement for most pension schemes. But despite this, trustees might want to consider appointing one on a voluntary basis or at least allocating data protection responsibilities to someone, uh, maybe even a subcommittee. So I'm just starting to think, Alex, what's the position if things go wrong? What if there are 
data br- breaches. I mean. Oh, yeah. So the sharp end of the regime. Yeah, well, data breaches essentially are where personal data has been destroyed, lost, altered, disclosed or accessed without proper authority. And this definitely triggers various issues and requirements. First, it could mean a fine. Currently, sanctions for data breaches could be a fine of up to £500,000. This sounds high, but the new regime brings this up to up to €20 million. Euros. Now, query whether the ICO would ever want to impose such a fine on, say, lay trustees, or in circumstances where there were, for example, indemnities under the scheme to the trustees that could be taken from the employer of the fund, in light of the potential circumstances that could impact the scheme's funding or the employer's covenant, one might think that such fines might be unlikely. But this is untested ground. So it's something to take really, really seriously. And of course, in addition to fines, there is the potential for public censure, which no trustee, lay or professional is going to want. Second, there's a new mandatory notification requirement. So where the breach could result in a risk to the rights or freedoms of an individual, there is a requirement to make a, a notification within 72 hours. What does this mean, though? Well, it means essentially any breach that could result in, say, discrimination, damage to reputation or financial loss. And that triggers this, this very sort of short-term notification requirement. And failure to notify in time can result in further fines, in this case up to €10 million, euros on top of any other fine. So while the scope for fines against pension schemes and their trustees might be more limited for the reasons I mentioned, trustees do need to take action in relation to this area and ensure they've got procedures in place internally and importantly with their administrators to manage the notification of of any data breach. In addition, trustees may wish to revisit the terms of their trust and any trustee liability insurance to see what protection they have in the event a breach arises and if there might be the scope for any personal liability for fines. Now I mentioned their administrators and we haven't spoken much about administrators yet Dan but Obviously, administrators and other service providers to the trustees have responsibilities and might be processing a lot of member data. So could you talk a bit about the issues around third parties and the sorts of steps that might be necessary under the GDPR? Yeah, well, the the first thing to note is that the, the GDPR will place direct legal obligations on the pension scheme trustees' data processors. So thinking in particular here about the pension scheme administrator, and these direct legal obligations will be in relation to things like implementing appropriate data security measures and keeping records of processing carried out on behalf of the trustees. Not only that, but data processors will also be directly liable for breaches of data protection law. Uh, And they've also got to ensure that their contracts with the data controllers, with the trustees, contain certain minimum information uh, around things like the scope, nature and the purpose of the processing. So there's a fair bit that data processors need to be doing, and I'm sure they're doing at the moment in in order to ensure that they will be compliant come 25th of May next year. So from the trustees' perspective, you should anticipate seeing your data processors approaching to renegotiate contracts with you over the next few months. And as part of this negotiation process, the trustees will need to ensure that there are appropriate provisions in the contract in relation to the data processors' new direct legal obligations and other relevant matters such as compliance, monitoring and reporting. I would imagine a lot of that is already sat in the contract and liability and indemnity clauses will, will probably be a point of negotiation, particularly given the, the change in the risk allocation now that data processors do have these direct 
legal obligations. So that could make for some interesting negotiations between trustees and their data processors. So that brings us to the end of the, the GDPR podcast. Hopefully we've given you some food for thought in terms of the, the complex issues that trustees will need to grapple with over the next few months. And hopefully we've given you a few pointers as well in terms of the action points that trustees will need to take. Inevitably, a lot of the work involved here will require the trustees to seek legal advice as they strive towards compliance. Of course, that's something that the Stevenson Harwood Pensions team can help with. We've actually developed a data protection toolkit which we can use to help our trustee clients as they uh, move towards compliance. If you're interested in knowing more about that or if you've got any general questions about data protection and GDPR, then please feel free to contact the Stevenson Harwood Pensions team. Thank you.